This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Now take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, and I want to bring to a conclusion verse number 25, and we'll begin a brand new chapter this evening. And uh, starting this great chapter, this great study in 1 Peter, and I hope that it's been a blessing to you as well. So 1 Peter chapter 1, and we will look at verse number 25 before we get into chapter 2 tonight. In verse number 25, 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says, But the word of the Lord endureth forever, which, or and this is the word, which was by the gospel is preached unto you. And we took some time last week to have different ones stand and read various portions of Scripture talking about uh, the durability, the everlasting realms of, of the Word. And I want to thank you for participating in that. It was a great thing to see. And so as we get into 1 Peter chapter 2, I want to read for you verse number one. The Bible says this. Peter, by the way, is getting ready to what I call shift a gear, so to speak. And uh, he's given us much admonishment in chapter one, but he picks it up a little bit and he gets a little bit more direct. And uh, that's what we see going on throughout the entire second chapter. But he says this in verse number one, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Now he's teaching uh, some very important lessons to the church, uh, to those who are born again as verse number 23 in chapter 1 was speaking about. And so, you know, there's there's some things that just simply do not believe uh, or, or belong. Let me say it that way. There, there are some things that uh, really do not belong in the life of a believer. And even though I think there are some things that as Christian folks, we, we cannot control. There are some things that are not within the realms of our control. Sometimes we just need the Holy Spirit to bring us under control. Um, but the bottom line is this. As a believer, we have to have the desire to maintain some self-control in our conduct and our behavior. Because as Jesus said that our life was like salt and light. And uh, he teached, he taught some very good lessons that we were the salt of the earth, that we were the light of the world. And in those perspectives that the Lord taught it's a very important thing to maintain a testimony. We, we have to do that. We represent him. According to the scriptures, we are royal ambassadors. And we have to represent the Lord well. 
And I know that there are times in our life, as Peter is mentioning here and admonishing us to do, there, there are times in our life when things get the betterment of us. But we have to maintain self-control in our life. There's, we, I mean, here's the bottom line. We cannot simply let the old nature have its way. We cannot just surrender to that. In fact, there's a verse of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and in verse number 31, and it's an important Scripture. Paul used this uh, in a most um, clear way to help us to understand some of these truths, even in his teachings. But he says this, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ our Lord. He said, I die daily. And what that means is this, that there are absolutes in our Christian life that we cannot, we cannot waver in. You cannot waver in doctrine. Uh, you cannot waver in your profession of faith. Those, for example, sometimes because we are sinners saved by grace, we do have a tendency to, to, to wander in different areas that we ought not to be. But we, this thing about dying daily to the flesh has to deal with sanctification. We have to be daily sanctified, daily set apart, daily died to the flesh. And Peter gives us an idea of what he's talking about in these passages. And he begins a list of things that I want to bring to your attention. And he said, first of all, laying aside all malice. And, and notice this, how he carefully, uh, by the way, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, formulates these words. And this scripture here, laying aside, it means just lay it off. By the way, Paul used the word to the Romans. He used this description as cast off. Peter here says laying aside, which means lay off, but Paul phrased it in a way where he says cast off. I want to show you what I mean. In Romans chapter 13, verse number 12, I want us to get that scripture on the screen, and I want you to see how Paul referenced to this. In Romans 13, verse number 12, he says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore, look at this, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So in this passage, Paul, he references what Peter is saying. He uses the words, let us cast off. And then in 1 Peter 2, Peter says, let's lay off or laying aside. And so both Peter and Paul are talking about Volatile behavior, that's what this is about. Volatile behavior. And we have to remember this, that just because we're saved, we've been born again, we've been bought by the blood, we have been purchased by God, that does not mean that we are going to be sinless. Every one of us sin every single day. And don't put any stock in anybody that says, no, not me. The scripture says this, 
Therefore, take heed. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So we're all guilty sinners. We're all prone to sin. In some way or another, I think we're reminded, at least I am, in some way or another, every single day, we're reminded of our weak flesh to some degree every single day. And and here's the thing. As a believer, we have to strive not to hang on to that weakness. That's what Peter's talking about. Let us lay aside. Let us put it aside. Paul said, let us cast it off. Even though we recognize that we are sinful people, we're not sinless. We recognize that we have been saved from an old nature. We still possess it. We have been given a new nature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We have a new nature. But yet we have part of the old nature as well. And we have to remember this, that in order to have the victory over that, we cannot hang on to the weakness of our flesh. We have to sanctify ourselves. We have to press on uh, to cast those kind of things off. I mean, it's like this. I was thinking about an illustration to give you that could shine some light on what Peter is saying here. And I was reminded of the story in John chapter 11 when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I want you to let your mind go back to that setting and that scenario just for a minute. Wouldn't it have been a sad thing if Jesus, when he was in Bethany and he drew a crowd, he drew a crowd everywhere he went. And the scripture says that he stood before the tomb of Lazarus and he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, I want you to think about this just for a moment. If Jesus had raised him from the dead, which he did, wouldn't it have been a most embarrassing thing to the Lord? Would not it have been a most embarrassing thing to those disciples that were witnessing the situation for, for firsthand? If the first response that Lazarus had when the Lord said, come forth, wouldn't it have been embarrassing if Lazarus had said, well, this is a wonderful thing to be back alive again. But uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to, these grave clothes that I was wrapped in, I'd like to keep those if you don't mind. And I'd like, you know, because I don't have a, a very much of a wardrobe, I'd like to use them from time to time. I, these old dirty grave clothes, I'd like to hang on to. Think about that just for a minute. And I think if I could give you an illustration that, would best fit this particular passage because Peter is saying, do away with this stuff. Do away with, cast it off, lay it off. As a Christian, we, we have to exercise good discipline in our life and not be anxious or overzealous to hang on to the weakness 
of our flesh, the things that we know that pulls us down, we need to cast them off. I can only imagine that Lazarus, he had no desire to put those old dirty grave clothes back on. And the things that the Lord sets us free in, we should not desire, even though we cannot help ourselves at times, there are things that just get the best of us. But we should not have a desire to do that on a regular basis. Peter takes this a little farther. If you look here, and he mentions some things that hinder our testimony. He says, not only will malice do it, and we all know what that is, but he begins to list some inward sins, things that we have to deal with, we have to contend with. He no Notice what he says here. After malice, he said, and guile. That's talking about dishonesty. And then he uses the word hypocrisies. That means pretending. And by the way, we might can fool each other, but we cannot fool God. That's just the way that it is. He says, do away, cast it off, lay off these these inward sins. And then notice what he says. He uses the word envies. That, in the context of this scripture, is talking about ill will. And then notice what he says. And all evil speakings, and that's a tendency to defame somebody or to slander someone. And so Peter says that these things Inward sins should be rooted out of our life. He said, you need to cast them off. You need to lay them aside. You need to do away with it. And I realize that there are times in our life that some of these things are difficult to contend with. But it ought not to be the motivation. It ought not to be the desire within our life to hang on to this stuff and to, to nourish it. We all ought to have a desire to cast these things out of our life. Now look at verse number two. As he gives us these admonitions in verse number one, then he says, as newborn babes. And I want you to think about this just for a minute because now Peter's talking about our new life in Christ. And look at this, newborn babes. Ask yourself the question, or let me ask you the question just for a minute. What is the greatest care? What is the greatest need for a newborn baby? The greatest need for a newborn baby is tender, loving care. That's the greatest need. A newborn baby needs nourishment to grow. Not only tender, loving care, 24-7, but a newborn baby in the physical realm, obviously, just like you and I do today, we need nourishment to grow. And as I was thinking about that in our church, I'm, I'm getting ready to, um, in fact, we're in the process now of putting together a program that's called Growth Tracks. And it's designed for, for new membership. Years ago, Brother David taught a new members class. 
me. I'm trying to get back to some of these particularities that we were working on a couple of years ago. Because as I noticed that in 2021, when we had 60 plus people to come into the fellowship of our church, one thing that um, I've been overly concerned about is the fact that several of those, and this is not meant in any way to judge, because I, I don't want to be anybody's judge. But the scripture simply says, by the fruit you shall know them. We, we have to be growing in grace, and we'll see that scripture here in a little bit. And, and I think that one reason why people do not have a tendency to grow in grace is because in all actuality, they don't know what's expected of them according to the Word of God. They don't know what the Word says about this, that, and the. I have a responsibility to make sure that we're discipling people. And if people are not being discipled, they cannot grow in grace. And so we're working on a program called Growth Tracks that I hope by summer we'll have that all in print. God will lead somebody to take that much-needed area in our church that can not just stand and talk, but can teach and disciple. We need that in our ministry because this is what I believe. Our church should not only be spiritual hospitals, which, thank God, that's what our church is, it, but it shouldn't only be that. Our, our church should be spiritual nurseries as well. Now, I know the word says, let us uh, leave the milk and press on to the meat. But I will tell you this, you can't do that from scratch. You, you have to be nourished in the faith with tender love and care. You have to be nourished in the word in order to grow in grace. And this is the thing. As new folks come into our church or new converts come into our church, for example, you saw a young man Sunday morning walk his aisle and get saved, gloriously saved from a devout Catholic family. That does not happen every day. My father was a devout Roman Catholic before he got saved. His, his family were devout Roman Catholics. You, you just don't come down the aisle in a Baptist church and say, you know, because I have, if, you, if you remember the sermon, part of my sermon was that Mary was not a perpetual virgin. And the Catholic faith practices every single day to pray the rosary, to pray to Mary. I'm telling you, in times of trouble, Mother Mary's not coming to you speaking words of wisdom, let it be. They're not going to, she's not going to do that. And you got to be taught that. You have to be. And so the preaching of the word, God's word says it's not going to return void. And we saw Sunday morning this young man, it, there, there were tears dropped here at this altar. 
This young man was gloriously saved, and if all goes well and according to plan, he'll be baptized Sunday morning. He's not going to be sprinkled. He's going to be baptized. This is what I'm saying. We have to get to the place as a church. It doesn't matter what year this is or what kind of COVID virus and variants and all this. I'm so sick of this mess. I am tired of it. It's time to get back to church. Listen, you can get COVID in Walmart. You can get COVID at the Wawa. It's time to get back to church and get back to doing what God has called us to do. And when we have things like this happen, just one, for example, this young Roman Catholic young man coming forward here, getting saved, tears shed here, baptizing them Sunday morning. Let me say this. It, it, our job is not done. We, we can't say, okay, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you coming down here and getting saved. And I hope you enjoyed that little dunk in the pool there. Man, you're good to go. That, that's ridiculous. We have to, this is what Jesus said. Go ye therefore into all nations. He said, and preach the gospel into Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. But then what did he say? He said, teaching them to observe all things. We, we, we've had folks for years that hasn't ever attended a communion service. Do we not know that communion is an ordinance of the church? But listen, I cannot expect people who come into these doors, who sit in these pews, who hears the great singing and great music and the great preaching to get it on their own. I have a responsibility. We've got, to, we've got to disciple people. And so the church is not just a spiritual hospital where we're caring for the spiritual needs of people. And we thank God for people walking this aisle still today, getting saved, dropping tears, who get baptized. But I have to consider them as exactly what Peter says here in verse number two, as a newborn babe that requires nourishment and care. And and here's the here's the thing I want to let you in on. It's not just up to me to do that. We all share a part in this nourishment thing. My heart's burdening heavy on that. We cannot expect newborn babes to act like mature veterans in the Lord's army. It's Ridiculous for us to even assume that. So Peter mentions that every young Christian, every young Christian should, because of the way they're taught, they should desire the milk of the word. And our life in Christ cannot grow unless we are nourished. Here's another example. As a newborn babe desires a sincere milk of the word, and our responsibility is to nourish, to feed, to care for. Newborn babes in Christ. This is, and this may shock some people, but the truth of the matter is this. Do you know that I still, me, I still need nourishment today? 
I still need to be fed today. I sit in the master's class every Sunday and I either listen to Brother Danny, Brother David teach, not because I don't have anything to do on Sunday morning, but listen, I, I can, I can, and I read books and I, I listen to sermons and I study the word and I prepare sermons and I do all this stuff and I get up here and I deliver and I deliver and deliver. But if I don't replenish me, if I don't feed on God's word, I can give and give and give until I am given out. And friends, I can tell you that I don't operate on zero. I cannot operate on zero. I have to be fed the word myself. So whether it's nourishing a newborn babe in Christ, that's our responsibility as a church. We have to do that. But I'm telling you, we've got to make sure that we're taking in nourishment as well. Peter mentions this. He says, as newborn babes, look at that. He says, that you may grow thereby. And so the Apostle Paul, by the way, he had some converts that were not growing in the faith and in the Word. Do a self-inventory check with your own personal life. Those of you that are watching at home, do the same thing. Are you growing in grace? I mean, if you get stagnant, if you stop feasting on the Word, if it doesn't excite you, if, if it doesn't motivate you, and, and the songs doesn't bring chills to you, and you, you don't have a hunger, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. If those things are not important, uh, you're, you're falling by the wayside. Paul had some converts, people that claimed to be saved. Victory in Jesus is what they said they had. But they were not growing in the faith. They were not growing in the word. They were not growing by grace. Let me show you what he says here in 1 Corinthians. Let's look there. We have just a few minutes left tonight. But I want you to see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to read for you verses 1 through 3. Because he, like Peter, Peter was admonishing us to grow in grace Paul was reflecting on converts that were not growing. There ought to be some productivity in our, in our life as born-again believers. We shouldn't just be roaming by the wayside. There, we should be productive. It doesn't mean that we ought to be people that claim to be folks who have arrived. We will never arrive until we get to heaven. Then we will arrive in his presence but until then, we got a long way to go. But this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. And look what he says. Even as unto babes in Christ. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For where is there is among you envying and strife and divisions, and ye not carnal as walk as men? Paul was saying, listen, these things that are in your life, they ought not to be the norm. They ought not to be the normal way that you live every day. And he said, if your life is stuck on these things, you're just still a babe in Christ. And that's exactly what Peter's saying. He's saying, cast this stuff aside. 
As newborn babes desire sincere milk of the word that you may grow thine by. Look what he, and, and I believe this, that the Lord expects every single one of us to be growing in grace. Not just me as the preacher. And I grow, I have to grow. I have to maintain growth every day. But God expects all of us to be growing. Every single one of us. So look what he says here in verse number three. And we'll close with this verse tonight. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And the truth of the matter is, all of these converts, they knew that the Lord was good. They knew that the day they trusted him. But just like a thousand upon thousands today, let me ask you this question. What real child of God could say that the Lord was not good? There's not a one of us that can do that. Even in our lowest valley, and our lowest point in life, all of us who know the Lord, we know that he's always good. He's always kind. He's always compassionate. And the more we know about him, the more of his goodness that we will experience. I want to close with this verse, Psalms 34, verse number 8. And the scripture says this, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Millions of Christians have tasted the Lord's goodness, but there are multitudes that are not growing in the word. And we need to be growing in grace. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.